0: From a nursery rhyme, first published in the early 1800s. What are little boys made of? What are little boys made of? Snips and snails and puppy dog tails. That's what little boys are made of. What are little girls made of? What are little girls made of? Sugar and spice and all things nice. That's what little girls are made of. And now 200 years later, how far have we come from this kind of gender stereotyping? Have we come very far at all? As I've grown up, I've seen many differences in the way boys and girls are treated at schools, in people's homes, and in public. From a very young age, I was not a big fan of these rules and differences, and I knew I wanted no part of them. First, I observed the differences about what my mother said to my sister and I, and what she said to my brother. Comments to us girls like, Tie your hair up nicely. Sit like a lady or help out in the kitchen. Then I observed things my teacher might say about speaking like a lady. But I don't remember a time about boys being told to speak like a gentleman. Were people's expectations of girls different or maybe more than expectations of boys? We've all seen the newborn girls are given pink clothes and toys and boys are given blue. So does the stereotyping start from that young? For how long does it go on? Why has my brother always had more freedom to express himself than my sister and I? I remember the day he came home and told my parents that he had a girlfriend. He was congratulated and cheered on. Admittedly, he was five years old at the time, so it was pretty cute. But there was no way that I would have been cheered on or congratulated in my quest for a boyfriend. Regardless of my age or how cute it might have been, words such as purity would have featured in conversations, not congratulations. Why could he have a girlfriend, but I couldn't have a boyfriend? Why was that thought of me dating such a bad thing, but he was cheered on to do so? I may have not put my finger on what exactly was bothering me at the time, but I knew I wasn't okay with it. Over time, I began to change my behavior. I started on the types of clothes I wore and the colors of these clothes, and I included the people that I started to hang out with. I thought a lot about how I wanted to be seen by others, and I knew I did not want to be stereotyped. So the more I did this, the more names I got called, from tomboy to daddy's girl, to less innocent comments about the fact that many of my friends were boys, because we all know about those girls who hang out with the boys instead of the other girls. Growing up in South Africa, and thinking and researching more about gender stereotypes, I soon realized that they don't go away after childhood. Instead, they develop into entire cultural expectations. It wasn't unusual to read stories about women who have not been allowed to go to school because the woman's place is to manage the household and do all the housework and the man is to be the only earners in the household. Because of this, sons were sent to school, but not daughters. The really scary revelation was when I realized that it is still happening in our most poverty-stricken areas. If there is only enough money for one child to go to school, the boy is picked with the expectations that he will receive enough education to earn and bring money to the household. That this is his place. I have discovered that this is not a unique situation to South Africa, but is all too common in many underdeveloped countries. But even in the first world countries, gender stereotypes persists boys are raised to be men who are tough strong competitive and never show affection of any other emotion that could be taken as a sign of weakness a real man doesn't have long hair and it is interesting to note that men of all status had long hair between the 14th and the 19th century and it was world war one that resulted in the change to men having short hair for health reasons such as lice soldiers had to have short hair But here we are a hundred years later and there is still a persisting negative stereotype about real men not having long hair. Do clothes and hairstyles have genders? Recent research into the millennial generation and their view on gender stereotyping shows that millennials do not want to be defined along the historical gender lines. Individuality is key for us to be recognized, for our individuality is more important than conforming to historical roles. For millennials, it is acceptable for women to wear feminine clothes and seen in a nurturing role, as it is to wear black clothes and a Holly Quinn jacket while riding a motorbike. Millennial men are more comfortable than ever before, wearing clothes that may have previously been considered feminine brands. For example, when Harry Styles wore a skirt in December 2020's Vogue. This kind of breaking of gender roles is not unusual for millennials. Our LGBTQ plus communities have played a huge role in breaking these stereotypes and negative gender norms. They have made a massive contribution to the evolution of self-expression, acceptance, and helping people define themselves in terms of their clothes, their identities, and the vocabulary they use when doing so. It is my hope that this is just the beginning of normalizing of genders. I believe that this equalizing is what will keep more girls in schools, results in less gender violence against both men and women, both fairer workplaces that do not have different pay scales for men and women, that can offer more political, economical, and social equality for men and women, and ultimately results in a world that isn't built on ignorant stereotypes. As Plato said, If women are expected to do the same work as men, we must teach them the same things. So hopefully in the future, as Gloria Steinem said, A gender equality society would be one where the word gender does not exist, where everyone can be themselves. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.